Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Yes, I'm ready. The Lord reigns. Let the earth be glad. Let the distant shores rejoice. Clouds and thick darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and consumes his foes on every side. His lightning lights up the world. The, The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness, and all peoples see his glory. All who worship images are put to shame, those who boast in idols. Worship him, all you gods. Zion hears and rejoices, and the villages of Judah are glad because of your judgments, Lord. For you, Lord, are the most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. Let those who love the Lord hate evil, for he guards the lives of his faithful ones, and delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Light shines on the righteous, and joy on the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, you who are righteous, and praise his holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jenny. Uh, So let me introduce uh, to you to Steve. Uh, Many of you will know Steve. He leads the team at South Manchester Family Church. Uh, He's also a GP and a husband and a father, uh, which I think makes him a pretty talented and gifted guy. So uh, I'm looking forward to receiving what uh, he has to share with us this morning. And Steve, I'm going to hand over to you uh, for the next sort of 20 minutes or so to, to speak to us. Thanks, Phil. Um, Let me just pray um, before I start reading. Um, Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have this morning to study and read your Bible. Uh, And we pray this morning that you would speak through it to us. Holy Spirit, we invite you to minister to us this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, So Psalm 97, I've got to say, I've been a Christian uh, for over 40 years, and probably I've skipped over this psalm on a number of occasions. Uh, I've read the Bible a few times. And it, it, it doesn't jump out at you as one that I would necessarily have chosen to speak from. And in fact, I pretty much know that I have never spoken from this psalm before. Um, so I, you can guess I, it was chosen for me, uh, which I would suggest is a good thing. Um, sometimes we, are, we, we choose the things that we like to read. We choose the things that we want to read and we choose to go to places where we love to go. Um, and sometimes it's important that we find uh, an opportunity just to dig into something that we would never have dug into ourselves before. So here we do. We find ourselves in Psalm 97. And it feels a bit sort of judgmental, doesn't it, at some level, at first glance, and a bit of a challenge. Um, but actually, it starts really well, doesn't it? The Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice. Uh, I can hear quite a few of you in there going, yep, yeah, that's it. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. He does reign. That's great. Uh, I'm going to rejoice. Um, And we can move on quite quickly, Um, but if you start to think about it just for a second, um, does he reign? Uh, Or does it feel like he reigns? Um, I don't know about you, but the the pandemic, to some extent, caught me a bit by surprise. I mean, not entirely, um, but but the fact that we're sat in our own homes and unable to go out. um, So does the Lord reign over pandemics? 
does he reign over the loss of loved ones or broken relationships? Because sometimes it doesn't feel like it. Does he reign over the loss of jobs and homes due to the bad economy? Does he reign over prolonged disease or untimely death of a loved one in the middle of lockdown? Does he reign over the tensions in marriages or relationships or the heartache of dealing with a rebellious child? Does he reign over, you know, I don't know, the vague little arguments that we've had in different circumstances you and I have had in the last week or so? It gets pr rather practical, doesn't it? Does he reign? Um, and yet the Lord's sovereignty should make all people glad. Uh, that's what the psalm says. Um, even on the distant shores. So that means people everywhere should be rejoicing. But the psalm also goes on to reveal that many people do not rejoice because of God's reign. Um, some are his enemies, who will God, God will destroy with judgment. And that sounds difficult and hard. Um, some are poetically um, given the title of mountains that melt like wax before him. People that think themselves big and are then just vanished before him. So the message of Psalm 97 is because the Lord reigns over all, the righteous or the saints should rejoice. Uh, and yet the sinners should fear his coming judgment. I don't know who wrote Psalm 97. Some think it might have been David. Others say it was written um, after the exiles returned to Jerusalem from Babylon. Um, it occurs in another group of Psalms, 93 to 100, that sort of joyfully uh, emphasize God's kingship. The Lord reigns occurs in 93, 96 and 99. So we're encouraged to rejoice despite challenges. I'm reminded of this verse in uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 to 18. It says, it's my favorite verse, one of my favorite verses. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's almost that, isn't it? Rejoice. It's almost that again, isn't it? Um, the Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice. So we should rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for us. And yet the picture suddenly changes in this psalm, doesn't it? Um, to a rather frightening encounter with God's presence, clouds, thick darkness, fire from him, lightning, mountains melting, the heavens proclaim his righteousness. Those who worship images are put to shame. So this sort of picture of God um, sort of behind a mountain and, and, and fire and, and smoke, it sort of echoes a bit of the um, situation we see with Moses when he went up Mount Sinai and the children of Israel uh, were able to see the cloud come and descend on the mountain and fire almost came out of the mountain and lightning. It's that sort of picture, but it's also sort of the picture that we see in the latter parts of the Bible of, you know, it, it feels challenging doesn't it and God on the throne God on the throne righteousness and justice are a foundation of this throne and I think this is our key to understanding God throughout the Bible uh, God is righteous or holy without you know he is completely and utterly righteous and always just justice it sort of sounds like, you know, in our court system, uh, we, we talk about um, the judges being Lord Justice, sitting and presiding over those who do right and wrong. And to some extent, that's the picture we have here. A God of justice, that the right happens and is, is accounted for and wrongdoing is punished. 
Um, in Revelation 7 and throughout Revelation, we see lots and lots of pictures of a throne, the throne of God. And it sort of reflects a sort of end time uh, theology that takes place at the end of all things. Um, with God on the throne, there's pictures of elders and angels and multitudes before the throne. But the throne, it does amazing things. It talks about people are able to shelter by the throne and never hunger or thirst. It talks about lightning and light coming from the throne. So it made me think about the light or the lightning. Jesus himself in John 8, 12 says this, I am the light of the world. So light from the throne and he's the light of the world. In Ephesians 5, 8 to 14, it says this, for you were once in darkness, but you are light in the world. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of light consists of all goodness, righteousness and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but expose them. It's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes light. That's why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Images and idols replace God in our lives sometimes. Maybe, like me, over the past two months, you found some of those idols have reduced their importance, but others have shown their face more. Have a think for a moment, just for you, just for a minute. Are you shopping less? Do you worry about your career a little bit less? For me, sport, I'm a lot less interested in sport. There isn't any. Um, maybe you're having another thing, though. Maybe internet is more, books are more, films are more. Maybe you've found more time. Personally, right at the beginning of this, I set myself some goals. Um, I was encouraged by a friend um, to look at um, rest and, and, and resting in the initial phase because I suddenly was less busy. Uh, and then to reflect and reimagine and then reset. And some of this has gone well, I, I must admit. It was quite nice to rest initially and then to reflect and then reimagine. But some of it hasn't gone so well. The fact is that not that everyone who's not in submission to God's law is serving idols of different kinds. We may not actually set up a statue in the room and bow down to it, um, but we may be serving money or sexual pleasure or seeking power or influence. Jesus point out, pointed out in Luke 16, 13, that you either serve God or money. You can't do both. And that's the same for any idol. Verses 10 to 12. Let those who love the Lord hate evil, for he guards the lives of the faithful one and delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Light shines on the righteous and the joy of the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, you who are righteous, and praise his holy name. But how can we be righteous? In Ecclesiastes 7 to 20, it says this. Indeed, no one on earth is righteous. No one does what is right and ever, never sins. And Paul quotes this same verse in Romans 3, and he concludes in verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So should we all fear? Should we all fear? But Paul actually then continues, are all justified? Are all justified? Freely by grace through redemption that came by Christ Jesus. We are justified by grace through redemption that came through Christ Jesus. Redemption and grace are the keys to this good news that underpins the Christian hope and faith. 
personally, I finally understood this when I was 14. I'd grown up in a home with Christian parents. I'd attended Sunday school and church. And yet at 14, it finally became clear. I knew I was a sinner by then. There was lots of evidence. Um, I'd lied. I cheated. I'd stolen things. I was very selfish. I didn't deserve to be accepted by God who was righteous and just. But I was confronted by the gospel, the good news that I could be forgiven. I could have the slate white clean. I could stand righteous before God. Jesus, who was righteous and had not sinned, stood before the throne of righteousness and justice and said, I'll take that punishment for Steve. He deserved to be punished, but I'll take it for him. Justice was served. Death for sin. Righteousness given as a free gift to me. And all I had to do was accept and believe. It seems simple and yet complex, doesn't it? Ephesians 2, 1 to 12 probably puts it better than I could ever say. So I'm going to read it straight out of the Bible. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by very nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And it's not from yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by works that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Grace, the undeserved favor of God. So you and I can be righteous. The light can shine on us and through us. The effect of this is that we can become like Jesus too. We can become light. In fact, Jesus said it in Matthew 5, 14 to 16. You are the light of the world. He had previously said he was the light of the world, but now he was saying, you are the light of the world to his disciples. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people hide light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and give it light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that it may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We've heard a little bit about that from Rekha this morning, that, that as we shine our light, that others can go, wow, God, maybe, yeah, I can see God a little bit. So we don't need to fear judgment, <clears throat> and we can rejoice and be glad. So this psalm, although it starts with a little bit of fear, it ends with this joy that the righteous can rejoice so god is the same yesterday today and forever and 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 that's really helpful for me um so he reigns yesterday he reigns today and he reigns forever i like this quote from ch spurgeon um and he cites a story of a man named whitelock who was oliver cromwell's envoy to sweden in 1653 and one night he was waiting to sail he was so distracted by the troubles of the nation that he couldn't sleep his assistant 
in an adjacent bed finally said to him, Sir, may I ask you a question? Of course, said Whitelock. Sir, do you think God governed the world well before you came into it? Undoubtedly. And sir, do you think he will govern it quite well when you are gone out of it? Certainly. Then, sir, excuse me, but why do you think you may trust him to govern it quite well while you're alive? Whitelock had no answer to this question, but he rolled over and was soon sound asleep. So do you believe that the Lord reigns, not only over the world, but also in your life? And if so, rejoice and be glad in it. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you that you do reign. And even in our lives today, it may not feel like it, but actually you do reign and we can trust you. So whatever circumstances we're in today and whether we have never known you, we can trust you. And this morning, I want to pray that for anyone who's listening or watching, who's never put their trust firmly in you, that they would today. In Jesus name. Amen.